0: Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode 34 of the Boomer Bebo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. That man to the right right of me on your YouTube screen, he's probably taking your breath away right now with his unspeakable handsomeness, is Kevin Miller. I am John Whitson, and we are back, and we are back for the first time in three weeks to discuss live games for both teams, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. OU gets Baylor at home, 2 o'clock, ESPN+, Plus, which just sucks that they're on ESPN+, Plus, but that's another conversation, and the University of Texas gets K-State, on the road, FS One six thirty, Kevin six. I think it's six. Yeah, I think it's six p.m. Six o'clock kick. Um, I'm surprised. I'll tell you what, right off the bat, I'm surprised that's on FS One. I just think it's a better matchup. I I don't know. I don't know why why I that why that game got an effort. Yeah, I don't know why you're not getting a
1: big Give me the road Series.
0: Yeah, you know what? That's probably it. I didn't even think of that. You're right. You're right. Probably the World Series. All right. We'll blame it on the World Series. Um, But, uh, yeah, we've got both game. Both teams are in action. Back to kind of a regular schedule. We're going to break down both of the games, how we're feeling on each of them, what each team needs to do to win. Um, And these are both fascinating matchups. The Baylor matchup is fascinating for a number of reasons. Texas is fascinating because they're still very much in the Big 12 picture. And going up against K-State uh, is the next step in getting to the Big 12 championship game, if that's going to be a reality. But first, we'll talk about the other top 25 games like we always do. And right off the top of the bat, I don't know, Kevin, Tennessee, Georgia. Is this the game of the decade so far? Even It's up in- there. It's up there.
1: It, it's up there listen man look we've been excited about Tennessee being back, right? I think it's safe to say they're back beating Alabama what do, what do you
0: got? I I mean I think since the college since the at least since the playoff, this is the first one the first one two matchup in the regular season. So that's since 2015 2014 something like that.
1: Yeah, you know, I think this is probably the most anticipated game since the LSU and Alabama game a few years ago in 2019. Remember that? When LSU would go on to win the national championship and when they played against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. I'm not sure if it was a one-two matchup, but that was a massive, massive game. Both undefeated, both just overloaded with talent. Tua... For um, Alabama, Joe Burrow for LSU. Of course, LSU would ultimately win the game and go on to win the national championship. To me, this has a very similar feel to it. But um, was that a one-two matchup? I'm not sure if it was a one-two matchup. Man, I, I get the same. I get a similar feeling for this game as I did for that
0: one. I saw. In my I saw some. I saw some statistics on the Tennessee offense and. They are surprisingly close. I don't think we could. I don't think we would ever say that they're going to be as good as the LSU offense. But statistically, from yards gained, points scored, margin of victory, they are very close to the LSU uh, team that you talked about there in 2020 and uh, or 2019, 2019. And so and that
1: was number two, number three, by the way.
0: Golly, who was number one right there?
1: I don't know. Was it, it had to be Clemson, right? With uh, Trevor
0: Lawrence in them, probably Clemson. Yeah, probably Clemson. Uh, so, Kevin, we're going to pick this game. We'll pick it after. We'll pick it at the end after we talk about all these games. It's seven and a half points to Georgia. Georgia's at home. I think that is a very good line. I think that is a be- that's going to make this game incredibly hard for anybody to pick and for us to pick because that's just enough to make you think. Well, maybe I picked Tennessee, but in reality, it's a touchdown. I mean, we're talking about a touchdown. And so Georgia winning this game, you know, 35-27, and then they cover. I mean, it, but that's still a really good ball game. I don't know. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about everything that Tennessee's bringing to the table. Yeah. I, I kind of think Georgia just wins the game though. Don't you first of all, first of all, I'm looking forward
1: to this atmosphere, right? It's gonna be at Georgia. Georgia Pan is gonna bring it like they always do with this team coming to town. So it's going to be one of those classic, you know, mid-afternoon SEC-type environments, okay? I think what this game is going to come down to is Tennessee defensively, right, can they shut down Georgia's running game and force them to have to throw the football, right? Because Georgia's at their best when they can run and set up play action. But if you force them to throw, I don't know if the wide receiver – Position if they're stacked enough there to make plays if they have to throw it.
0: Um, I, I don't. Alabama, are they a better offense than Georgia this year? I think. I mean, uh, uh, Bryce Young's Alabama's
1: receivers. Yeah, yeah. Bryce Young's a superior quarterback over Stetson Bennett. For
0: yes, sure. Bryce Young is a superior quarterback over Stetson Bennett but I'm just not sure that Georgia is a better off it's going to be close my point being though is Georgia, or Alabama put a lot of points up on Tennessee a lot of points right. and it was a ball game Kevin even with Alabama making un-Alabama like plays that uh, that weird special teams play some other turnovers and and yet Alabama was still in the game you've got Georgia who's been playing a lot more discipline than Alabama and they they do. I think they have a better defense in Alabama. Oh, for sure. For and sure. they have it at home. So there's just a lot of factors going in Georgia's favor. But I'll tell you what. I'm rooting for Tennessee. I'm absolutely rooting for Tennessee. I hope they knock off Georgia. It, hold on,
1: real quick before we move sure. On. If Tennessee wins this game, I think Tennessee can win the national championship. Right. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I don't I mean, think legitimately win the national championship because even up to this point we can agree that tennessee's back but it's like okay but can they really win the national championship oh yeah they beat georgia beating alabama and georgia in one year in the same season i mean that's unreal so it could be a dream season it could be shaping up for a season again that's paralleling well 2019 lsu
0: and the best thing about them playing Georgia and being in Georgia's division is they don't have to play them again in the SEC championship. Correct. They yeah. might have to see Alabama. But if they're going to see Alabama, Alabama has to go ahead and beat LSU at LSU. And I'm not sure that's going to happen. Although Alabama is a 13-and-a-half point favorite, LSU has been playing much better ball. Uh, Brian Kelly's got those guys rolling. You like LSU's quarterback. I do. Jaden Daniels, yeah. And right. so it it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I I I hate Brian Kelly, but I don't like Bama. This is another one of those games where I wanna watch it because I admire the level of football that, that these two schools play. Right. But I really have a hard time rooting for either one of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be a great atmosphere there. Night game, we talked about that. Finally, yes, we've been waiting on the big LSU night game. We finally have it. It's a big weekend, man.
0: Well, uh, and other uh in the big twelve TCU at Texas Tech, they're an eight and a half point favorite. And kickoff, by the way. Isn't that odd? What's tech? is Tech are they five and three? I they're four and four. They're four and four and they, I don't know. Sometimes Fox just picks weird games. I thought they picked they do. I, I thought they on to. Yeah, I mean that's just that's a, that's an odd game, especially when you've got Texas K State. Like, I just think that's such a better game. I I appreciate them giving TCU some run for being the yeah. best team in the Big Twelve right now. Like, I, I get that, but the Texas K State game is a better football game with more intriguing storylines, and I think it's going to be a better atmosphere. I don't know. I just think it's a, it's a weird pick. Uh, but eight and a half points, I'm taking TCU. Uh, if I'm if we were picking that, I'm not, but I'm taking TCU. Um, here's an interesting one for Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma to keep an eye on. Oklahoma State is a pick'em at Kansas. Latest word, latest rumor out of Stillwater is Spencer Sanders has the broken collarbone. Gunner Gundy is apparently taking the first team reps. Kansas. Their starting quarterback, Jalen Daniels, Daniels, not Jaden, Jalen Daniels, has back practicing and expected to play. Boy, at a pick I think you're taking Kansas in this game, aren't you? At home?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I would. I would have sent to Sanders. And, again, he's been hurt for a while, right? And, again, just kind of don't mean to jump on Texas yet, but – this Is what my frustrations were about the Texas Oklahoma State game, they were ready to be beat. He was injured then, they couldn't get the job done. Kansas State blew him out, and you now Spencer Sanders is out. So, I hate it for him, but yeah, it, it's going to be tough for them to go on the road against Kansas, especially if Daniels is back. Well,
0: that's I mean, that's what everybody's saying is, is that he's yeah. back. I, I know, I he's mean, practicing. Let's, let's face he's it, practicing. It's, it's going to be tough, regardless of who the quarterback is. I mean, Kansas has been on a skid lately. They're not—they're not the team we thought they were, or whatever you want to say. But they're at home, and if you've got—I mean, Gunnar Gundy—I mean, I'm sure he's a, whatever. I mean, he's a nice player, but his first start on the road against a rejuven—a a rejuvenated Kansas team—I I don't love that at all. That's the
1: thing. Their season was derailed by their quarterback being injured. And even with their backup, they were able to put up points, right? Oh, so what did they score against the as soon as it was? 42. Yeah. 42 would be you. Absolutely. So backup quarterback, I mean, so if he's back and
0: he's anything like himself, man, it's going to be tough. Well, here, here's the thing for Oklahoma State too, right, is it's not just Spencer Sanders that's injured. They got injuries up and down that defensive secondary.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, the whole roster really. I mean, they're, it's much more so than, than other things. Uh, you've got you've got Kansas next week, right?
1: Actually in two weeks. We've got TCU next week, then oh. at
0: Kansas. The last yeah, thing you, the, you're coming to Austin. The last thing you need though here in a couple weeks is a resurgent Kansas. You do Correct. not need yeah. G- yeah, he's he's back, he's comfortable now. He's
1: played two games. Now
0: he's back in prime form and he's fresh. So okay. something something Murray. to keep something to keep an eye on for a Texas fan. Clemson, three-and-a-half-point favorite at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's playing better. Clemson is is hanging on to being undefeated. Clemson getting a lot of love in the college football playoff from the college football playoff committee. I I just – I am fascinated by Clemson. I think they're like a team that just knows how to win. Like, I give them a lot of credit for knowing how to win games. I just don't think they're as talented as some of these other teams they're playing – but I don't know that Notre Dame has the firepower to take out Clemson this week.
1: That's And that's what I was going to say, right? They've got – Notre Dame's offense has not been good at all this season. They have finally got the running game going, and that's the good. Well, but that passing game is really suspect. And if Clemson can sell out to stop the run, it's going to put Notre Dame in a tough spot. Um, I do like Marcus Freeman. We talked about that. I like the way that their defense is playing too. But, man, I don't know if they've got the horses
0: to really hang with Clemson over four quarters. And then, for all you USC fans out there, you're a 21 point favorite against Cal. Lincoln Riley sucks. Uh, I thought we thought a lot of OU fans have mentioned Lincoln Riley this week, as uh, as we all remember him mysteriously missing the Baylor press conference, the, co- the press conference before the Baylor game last year, where he said it was personal reasons and da 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 da. And all Oklahoma fans point to that. Um, that critical date as probably when he likely started meeting with USC, talking with his agent, scouting out what could potentially be a move to the Trojans. No one will ever know for sure, but really it is so rare that college football coaches miss a press conference, especially before a game that was as big as the Baylor game was last year. Oklahoma was undefeated going into Baylor. Baylor was gonna. It was on the road. They were a tough team. It was really weird that he missed it, and uh, we still hate you, Lincoln Riley. Even though we're glad to have Brent Venables and would take him every day of the week over Lincoln Riley, uh, we all still hate him. So that's just my uh, public service announcement from Oklahoma fan to Lincoln Riley: You suck. Jury's still out on that. Though, let's be real. Um, the, you know what? The jury's not out for me. We weren't. We weren't winning anything with Lincoln Riley. We, all we were winning were Big 12 titles. He he had us so ill-prepared to play in any college football game. Every time we went up against a team that was so far more talented, even though he was responsible for recruiting, um, and we would just get blasted. I mean, Kevin, the only time we could have, should have won was the Georgia game, and he's the reason we lost that game. So, no, I, I, I can tell you right now, if Brent Venables doesn't end up being the guy that works it out, Although I do think he will. I think we're starting to see some turnaround, whatever. If he's not the guy, Lincoln Riley still wasn't going to be the guy. So it doesn't matter.
1: Fair enough. Fair Uh, enough on that point.
0: uh, All, yes. Better. All remains to be seen. If he wouldn't have gone to USC, all it would have done is delayed the inevitable where he would have left for something else or we would have had to fire him because we were so sick of going 11-2 and two every year, losing to some Iowa State or Kansas State team that we had no business losing to, making it to a college football playoff and getting our ass kicked by whoever we got lined up on. You know what, Kevin? This is not cool, dude. I feel like you're like prodding me. Like you're bringing this on. I'm sitting here. It's a normal game week. All we're doing is talking football. And then you're like, saying, oh, well, I don't think. I think Lincoln Riley's really great. Lincoln Riley sucks, Kevin. Texas up. fan. Oh, my God. I'll take Lincoln Riley tomorrow. you
1: <sighs> You can come to Austin.
0: I'll take Caleb Williams. I guess it's
1: done. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. All right. Tennessee, Georgia. Who's your pick? Man, I'm going with Georgia. I want Tennessee to win this game. I really do. But, man. The experience with Georgia in these games, the fact that it's in Athens. I love Brock, Brock, um, Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia. That dude's unstoppable. I think he's going to have uh, a big day against the Tennessee defense. I think Tennessee does put up points. But I think at the end of the day, they finally make a couple mistakes offensively, maybe a couple turnovers. And um, I think that's the difference in the game.
0: I hope hoping. Um, you- I, I hope you're wrong too. I am also picking Georgia, so therefore I hope I am wrong, but I am picking Georgia to cover the seven and a half, although I think it's I think it stays reasonable. I don't think they blow them out. Um, I think it's probably a really good game, maybe something like 34, 24, 37, 27, something like that. Um, I just think Georgia's got a better defense. And here's the deal. everybody ragged, you ragged on Stetson Bennett just a minute ago. He he is not, he is a, he is a good college quarterback and he doesn't make a lot of mistakes and he responds in big moments. And this is a big moment for Georgia. Uh, Clearly not even close. The most important game that they might play all season might be tougher than any game they play until they get to the playoff again, including the sec championship game. I
1: agree.
0: Um, And so I just, I like him in this moment. I like the Georgia defense. And I hope I'm. I hope I'm wrong.
1: Also, but, real quick, yeah. If Tennessee wins, this, we talk about them being able to win the national championship, but they're recruiting, this is going to explode. If they beat Georgia. I mean,
0: you're looking. Well, to- I don't. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know enough about all the SEC schools' um, NIL packages. But from what I understand, Tennessee is on a different plane. They're like on. An Alabama Georgia level when it comes to their NIL collectives. They're not there with AM yet, but I hear they are incredibly competitive. So if yeah. they've got if they've got NIL money and they can start beating Georgia, watch out for Tennessee. Yeah,
1: they've got a five-star quarterback coming in next year from Southern California. So
0: yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah.
1: They're setting this, they're setting it up. It's fun to see.
0: You know what's so funny is I'm I'm saying that I'm rooting for Tennessee. But we are like two years away where I will hate every single team in the SEC. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean?
1: close, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for Tennessee, but it's it's two years away where I'm going to hate every team in the SEC. I almost hate every team in the SEC now, but I'm pulling for Tennessee just because I don't want to. I have Georgia and Alabama and really Clemson. I'm fatigued out. It's like, give me a yeah.
1: – It hasn't hit yet for Georgia with me because they only have the one national championship – you know what I mean? They play you for what, two, one, one. So,
0: but it, it'll be here soon. It'll be here soon. It'll be here soon. Um, the, uh, the Boomer Bevo podcast is proudly sponsored by Brown O'Haver. Brown O'Haver is a public adjusting firm that works for the insured, not the insurance company. They routinely get their clients 30 to 40% more than they get on their own in the handling of property insurance claims. For residences, businesses, whether it's fire, wind, theft, uh, there's a chance of tornadoes in the states of Oklahoma and Texas over the next 24 hours. If you have experienced any of this, give Brown O'Haver a call, 405-735-5510. Kevin, we are going to start with the Oklahoma Sooners because they do kick off four hours earlier than your team. And we are playing the Baylor Bears. I got to tell you, man, I am nervous about this game. OU fan is starting to get back on track, right? We're starting yeah. to feel good about it. a little
1: momentum going.
0: You do. We beat Kansas with a backup quarterback. We have beat Iowa State. That is the worst offense in the Big 12 and currently 0-5 in conference play. And yet, for some reason, OU fan, and I've been guilty of this. If you watched the last episode, I was probably guilty of this. OU fan is starting to feel a little swagger, okay? Now we've got Baylor. Home game at Baylor. I got to tell you, Kevin, I don't feel 100% about this. When you look at Baylor, they've got – they are – in offense, they're they're actually better than OU statistically. They get what they're by by one yard. Okay, so not a lot, but they are better okay. than OU statistically. Okay, um, they are a little better than passing than OU, and OU is a little bit better than at, at rushing than Baylor. Okay, but it is very close. So now. I will grant Oklahoma that they did have that stupid Texas game, which skews a lot of the statistics. Okay. Now, did it occur? Does it count? Absolutely. But is it kind of an anomaly to how OU has performed offensively this year? I, it has to be right. It has yeah, to be
1: been good in every other game.
0: We've been good in every other game. Um, But defensively, Baylor is fourth in the, in the, uh, Conference, they're second in yards per game at 337 yards per game. Their defense is their fourth with 17 sacks, and they're the number one rushing defense in the conference. So, I got to tell you, man, you're playing a pretty good offensive team and a very good defensive team. And Oklahoma has lost to K State, who statistically has a much worse offense. They lost to TCU, but TCU has a tr- a, a, a superior offense. So we yeah. re- I don't know. I just the statistics are are making me nervous. Only because our two wins are coming over off of the ninth and tenth, or the eighth and tenth performing offense in the Big Twelve. Does that make sense? Basically, Kansas and Iowa State suck at offense. And that's what we're excited about winning against. Does that make sense?
1: No, it it does make sense. And when you look at the numbers here, this is, I mean, a very, very even matchup. Like you said, OU averaging 454.4 yards of offensive game and 456.3 for Baylor. Yeah, 1.9 yards. yeah, Yeah, you can't get much closer than that, right? Passing game close, running game close. Yeah, I mean, everything about this looks very... Very similar. You're going to have a
0: four-quarter game here. I don't see any other way. I think it's going to be a fourth-quarter game. It's Blake Shapen's their quarterback. He's got a 67.4% completion percentage, which is pretty good. It's pretty efficient. 13 touchdowns. He does have five interceptions. Oklahoma has made turnovers occur over the last two games, which made our defense look a lot better. So hopefully we can take whatever that scheme is. I personally think it's being more aggressive on the defensive line, making the quarterback have to make poor decisions and poor throws. Um, But he does have a passer rating of 152.6, which is far superior to anything Oklahoma's played against in the last two weeks. So that's really good. Their running backs averaging 5.2 yards a carry, 12 touchdowns. Their Their best receiver is Gavin Holmes. 22 receptions, 470 yards, three touchdowns. Those aren't eye popping numbers, yeah. but they're, they're they have a lot of receivers that have a lot of catches. You know, I say a lot like of it's catches. Around. It's, it's really spread around. Them. They don't have a Xavier Worthy. They don't have a Xavier Hutchinson. They don't have a, even a Marvin Mims. Okay, but but they, they their passing game is there. It is efficient. Uh, I'm sorry, their running back's name is Richard Reese. And
1: okay, I want to talk about him.
0: Yeah, but yeah, He's been really good
1: the last few weeks. Yes. Um, he's emerged as their guy. I mean, and he's a bell cow. I mean, the last two weeks against Kansas, 31 carries for 186 yards and two touchdowns. Last week against Texas Tech, 36 carries for 148 yards and three touchdowns. 36 carries?
0: We just don't see that anymore in no, college football. We don't. and, and But listen, though. Dave O'Rend is a different kind of coach, man. He's a throwback. He's a throwback defensively. He's a throwback offensively. He doesn't have to have that same high-powered offense, and he doesn't have to have it to win games. They've been very effective with Aranda, obviously. What a Big 12 championship last year. They've been very effective, and they're starting to play really good football. They got off to a rough start against BYU. Um, let, me, let me pull up Baylor's. I, I had it pulled up. I apologize. They lost a tough game to West Virginia. That's the anomaly, okay? The anomaly is the loss to West Virginia. And um, And that was weird. It was a Thursday night game. Those are, you know, those are weird, man.
1: I think we've all had those weird Thursday night losses before. Yeah,
0: it was a Thursday, and it it was a shootout. It was actually a really good game. I remember we were taping. We were taping during that game, and so and then they lost to Oklahoma State, who at the time was a very good team. In fact, Oklahoma State was better. At that point in time, we didn't know how good Oklahoma State was going to be. They hadn't gotten into the top ten yet, but Oklahoma State was a good team. So that's a good loss. The West Virginia loss is weird. The the BYU loss was on the road and at the time to a top twenty team. So yeah, that BYU you know, it was really good. Yeah, and so it's um now I guess in retrospect for Oklahoma. Their loss against K-State looks a lot better than it did when than they when they lost him the first time. And obviously that loss to TCU, um, especially when you consider Dylan Gabriel getting knocked out in the middle of the second quarter, that doesn't look nearly as bad of a loss as it did at the time. Uh, the Texas loss will forever stain us, but you can make excuses. So back to your original point. I say all of that. We bring up the stats, and we bring up the running back, and we bring up Baylor's schedule, we bring up Oklahoma's schedule, and it kind of gives us all of this circular answer. It's going to be a tight ballgame. It is going to be a tight ball game.
1: And I thought Dave Miranda always did a good job defending Lincoln Riley's offense, so it'll be interesting to see him against Levy's offense and how he is able to defend that.
0: Well, you know, here's the thing. We talked about this uh, after the Iowa State game. Levy is starting to show some versatility in the play calling and you're starting to see different uh, run schemes. Um, you're starting to see uh, the, the, um, the quick handoff sweeps that are going around the end, you know, not quite the reverse, but that kind of that quick handoff, um, the sh- shuttle passes and things of that nature. He's start in the run game. You're starting to see dimensions kind of build on each other. And, and that's, evolved into a very productive eric gray marcus major has fallen off we don't know what the status of Javante barnes is but eric gray is just looking great so we're just hoping that he's continues to be as productive um what i put down here though is as notes in the for the game is baylor's offense is better than anyone ou has played outside of tcu okay So this game, not Iowa State, not Kansas, this is going to demonstrate if Venables has made any progress defensively over the year. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It'll be a a test. Baylor is a very good defensive team, second only to Iowa State in the conference. So OU is going to have to hit on the big plays. Here's the difference. What we didn't do against Iowa State was hit the big plays down the field. Yeah, they were
1: opportunities, though.
0: There were opportunities, but if we don't if we don't hit on them against Baylor, we're gonna get beat. We've got to hit on one or two of those plays, take advantage of a matchup, beat them deep with Marvin Mims or Jaleel Farouk. I'll take whoever, but beat them deep, go over the top, take the lid off the defense, and get some quote-unquote easy points to buffet that score that you're gonna need against Baylor. Because Baylor's gonna score, unlike Iowa State. Um shaping, has five interceptions on the year. We have to increase that number. And then also our quarterback pressures have to continue to go up. And then offensively, the keys to the game. I think Eric Gray need, has to have 20-plus carries. We have got it's to have to stick with the run there. We, we have to. And Baylor, It's going to be the same. Baylor is very tough up front, but we cannot abandon the run just no, because they're tough up front. It. And that's yeah. kind of what I thought Oklahoma – that's what I thought Oklahoma did last year. Okay? Because last year – they were having no success running the ball, but guess what? They weren't having a heck of a lot of success passing the ball either. And yet, he can, he went away from the pass, the run, very late in the second quarter, and pretty much non-existent in the third and the fourth quarter. While it was still a ball game, Kevin, if you remember that Baylor game, it was still a ball game all the way until the beginning of the fourth quarter. I want to say, oh, you. They might not have had the lead, but it was like ten to seven. You know, I mean, it was a very close yeah, game. Yeah, and it was I a close game, and I thought Riley abandoned the run. Mims needs eight plus targets. I think we need to get him. Uh, Braden Willis a little more involved. He's kind of not been in the game plan the last couple weeks. Well, I take that back. He was against Kansas, not so much against Iowa State. And we have to continue to limit turnovers, which Dylan Gabriel has been very good at. What did I miss on the OU Baylor preview?
1: I mean, you know what? I think you covered it all. You covered it all. Also, I want to see um, a good special team, too. You got to keep that up. Things have been pretty good the last couple weeks. Kicking games game's been good. You might need a big field goal. And your punter has the ability to flip the field, too. which is going to be important because against a defense like Baylor, they're going to stop. You're going to have some three and outs. Flip the field. Make them drive it all the way down the field because this is a good offense, but it's not the most explosive offense. It's not like TCU, right? Where you've got right. three guys who can take it to the house. TCU has two receivers that can go and they've got a running back who can go. I don't know anybody from Baylor that's like that.
0: I think we're going to have to I, – I, 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 I think this game we're going to have to buck up against the run, which we didn't have to do against Iowa State because Iowa State's running backs, look, they just weren't very good. So we didn't have to buck up against the run. You're going to have to buck up against the run in this game because Aranda will pound it down our throats if he's given the opportunity. So it's just – dude, I think it's really close. It's going to be a physical game too. Well, you know what dude? This was the game. This was the game last year when Oklahoma fans had given up on Lincoln Riley in terms of physicality. We we were we we acknowledged we were soft. This game against Baylor. So, in that year's time, it will be fascinating to see has anything about our mentality and our physicality changed going up against these guys because it's going to be a dogfight. I mean, it it just is. Um, Baylor, I mean, Oklahoma is a a three-and-a-half point favorite at home against Baylor. I'm going to take Oklahoma to win 34-30. to So they cover, but just by a half a point. You said the spread is three-and-a-half, right? That was the latest I had. Do you have a different spread? You want me to check? No, I don't. No, I'm just confirming what you said. Uh, let me. Well, hold on, hold on, Kevin. I, I want you to feel very comfortable when you make this pick, and I and I will. Let me scroll up here. I do draft for all those keeping score at home. DraftKings.com is the sports book we use here on the Boomer Bebo Podcast. Three and a half. It's three and a half.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick Baylor here to cover, but I'm gonna pick OU to win the game.
0: What would you put the score at? I'm gonna put it at 30 to 27. Yeah. I mean, it could that's absolutely I mean that could absolutely be the score. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think it's gonna be a close game. I do think I think OU's got a chance with it being at home. They do have that little bit of momentum. But heck, Baylor's I don't know. Listen, we could go back and forth. Every time you have, bring up a point for Oklahoma, you can bring up a point for uh Baylor because it's just like you know, it's pink, they got the same schedule. I don't know. Uh the University of Texas. Traveling up to Manhattan, Kansas, um, Kevin, you are facing the number three defense in the Big Twelve and the number nine offense in the Big Twelve, which is just a fascinating number for us
1: yeah. for a
0: school that only has one loss. Up bus. and down, right? Uh, you are you get to see who we got to saw, see, which is defensive end Felix Anadile Yuzamaha. and he's a stud. I mean, yeah. I I can't wait to hear how you think. Your offensive lineman is going to hold up. Your offensive line is going to hold up against him. What do you expect from that defense going up against that number nine offense? And can Quinn Ewers get back on track?
1: Go. All right. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking at first, right? Let's start with the offense. Quinn, I don't think he could play much worse than he played up in Stillwater, okay? Again, a lot of this is on Sark. for continuing to call the same passes, deep shots it's on Quinn for continuing to throw the football down the field and not taking um, the underneath stuff that was open. He had guys running across the middle wide open. He kept choosing to throw the ball down the field and take those deep shots that did not work. Okay. So I want to see if he can bounce back from that performance last week. Also.
0: What's been, what I mean, I imagine it's, I imagine there's glowing reports of how he's, Re-energized after the bye week is that? Is that the same kind of stuff we're hearing that he's you back know, on point? I mean,
1: I'm, I'm hearing, you know, he's just a guy just the same, just the same way all the time. You know, he's just a kind of a cool customer, which you know, some people it kind of drives people a little mad, I think. But he doesn't get too up or too down, you know. We, so...
0: Oklahoma, Oklahoma had a cool customer quarterback um, in the um, late. Uh, 2000s early 2000 teens named Landry Jones and we absolutely hated it it was the worst thing in the world he never got up to up uh, what's that, that?
1: uh Sam up or down We just liked him
0: we just liked him and um we did not like Landry Jones. Anyway, that's when I hear when I hear it, it doesn't it get up too up or doesn't get too down. I think of Landry Jones. I, I think he's does he still hold the record? He might not, but for the longest time, he had the record for most yards in the Big Twelve. I know that.
1: He still might. I mean,
0: he's and he might have hard the hard. most touch. He might have the most touchdown passes to be played there for played for us forever. Uh, anyway, I don't think Quinn Ewers is a Landry Jones. But wait a minute, yeah. who knows? No. We'll see. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, the story's still being written, right? It's a guy who has you know under 300 pass attempts for his career, right? So he's got talent. We got to see, though. I think he'll play better. I think he will. I think hopefully, you know, he learned some stuff in that experience. The Vibe week help him. And, uh, yeah, he'll see the field a little bit better. This environment, it's going to be tough, right? It's going to be a night game. It's on the road. Manhattan, K-State's going to be up for it. But I feel like
0: – I- Looking at your running backs, do you think Roshan and Bijan or Bijan and Rojan are going to have a uh, – do you think that they're going to have opportunities against this K-State defense? Or is K-State going to – or do you think K-State bucks up and tries to tries to make, stop the run first and make, make Quinn Ewers beat them?
1: Well, I think that has to be the game plan against Texas, right? This is a running football team. This is their strength is running the football, right? They've got two really good backs.
0: Does Sark know that? Sometimes
1: doesn't, it doesn't. It does. His Sark. His Sark. He's still wired. <water>. You forgot,
0: <laughs> right? So,
1: I Man, I'm I'm hoping to get at least you know close to 40 carries between Bijan and Roshan. That's what I would love to see. Last year, which is coincidentally the only road game that Texas has won since Sark has been the head coach, when they played at TCU last year, I think Bijan had like 35 carries. Yeah, you know. And I think it's going to take that kind of effort if they want to win this game. Well, you've got the guys to do it. The offensive line look hasn't been great in the interior, but over the last few weeks, they've been run blocking better on the inside. You have to take advantage of that. They showed a couple of new wrinkles last week, some counter stuff like Lincoln Riley used to run at OU, and it worked well in the first half. They, of course, but what keeps happening with Sark is he's not able to counter the other team's adjustments. It comes out with this grip. It's beautiful. They go right down the field. They get up to a big lead. Going to halftime. They make adjustments. The other team does. And then Sark doesn't seem to have an answer for their adjustments. It's baffling to me. And I'll tell
0: you, dude, Kleiman is another one of these good Kansas State coaches that makes really good adjustments. Comes in with really good game plans. Um, I'm really interested, switching to the other side of the ball, speaking of Kleiman, he's got a decision to make. He's got Adrian Martinez, whose only loss was to Tulane. Um, And then, I well, I guess they lost to TCU, right? So they've got two losses. But his only loss, and then you've got uh, Max Howard, who's just come out slinging the ball. And so it's just a fascinating look at what he's going to do, climbing, and how is the Texas defense going to adjust depending on what quarterback comes out. You know, it's funny because Texas has had trouble stopping scrambling
1: quarterbacks. But Texas has also had trouble covering the middle of the field. And every quarterback on their schedule, at least and all their losses, has been able to exploit that area. Yeah. Just the middle of the field. Just, I mean, simple in-breaking routes. That's what the difference in the Oklahoma State game was. Also in the Texas Tech game, they just dink and duck and hit quick slants across the middle that- of the field.
0: Would that be a linebacker issue, or is it just linebackers yeah, not good coverage?
1: And the linebackers and the safeties too. Yeah. Okay. Mhm. Yeah. Right. Especially in, um, when they're playing in a zone. Yeah, the linebackers seem to get a little bit mixed up when guys are coming across them.
0: Do you? Okay. That being said, though, who do you? Who would you rather face? Would you rather face Martinez, or would you rather face Howard? Uh, Howard. Really? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, man. Look. look. Martinez can go, man. Yeah, he, if the play breaks down, he can he can go for sixty yards.
0: No, I no, I think that I is think a that's run a,
1: Spencer Sanders is.
0: I think that's the right answer. I mean, we're gonna wait and see. I. The problem is the K State Oklahoma State game. It's almost like you can't learn anything from it. You know, it's like Oklahoma State was so beat up on so many levels. Spencer Sanders clearly not a hundred percent. So you look at that score and you say, oh, well, Max Howard was amazing. Well, was he amazing or was Oklahoma State just that bad? And so it's just hard to tell. What we do know is that Adrian Martinez has had big wins in Norman. He's played really well when he's gotten in. He's been a leader for that team. And so I don't, I don't know. I think you're right. You would rather face Howard. But, dude, if Howard goes in there and starts lighting up again, you might not be thinking that.
1: Yeah, and again, they, they both have the ability to make things happen, right? And, and look, Will Howard had a seventy-yard touchdown run against Texas last year. So Will Howard did. So I mean,
0: so if you if both you these be- guys are dangerous, if Texas beats K State, they are back in they are back in position to make it to the big to make it to Arlington for the Big Twelve championship game they would still have TCU, Kansas, and Baylor. Would that be the three remaining on the schedule? That's right. Uh huh. <sighs> Man, that's there's no guarantee on any one of those. Uh, no, any one of those games.
1: Look, they can go one and three. They can even potentially go on four. They can go four and oh. Right. I don't um, think they
0: can. I don't think they can go four and oh. i I'm not very like. Very unlikely. I think your best. I think your best bet is two and two. And I really, I actually. Possibility. I think K State. I think K State and it just depends on how Kansas looks this week, but I think K State and Kansas are your best bets. But you do have Baylor at home, right?
1: Yeah, the team is significantly better at home. If this game was at home, if this game was in Austin, it would be an easy Texas pick.
0: Oh man, what do we have? What's the line? Let's go ahead and make this pick right now. Yeah, two and a half is what I've seen. I can't believe you're favored. I gotta tell you, that that's that's surprising to me. It's surprising that you're coming off of a loss. K-State's coming off of a win, a big win, beating the team that beat you. Now I understand that that rarely works. That and match rarely property. works. Yeah. Yes, I get I understand that, but I'm just saying, like. Is how much of this line is influenced by the simple fact that people would rather bet on Texas and bet on Kansas State?
1: You know, I'm not sure. This team is weird. The Texas team, from an analytical standpoint, when you look at the advanced metrics, right, the analytical stuff, this is like a. I think they're ranked sixth when it comes to the analytical stuff. If you were to break all of it down, it's it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So, I don't know. But I got my pick, man. You you let me know when you're ready for it.
0: Well, also, just, real
1: quick, before we do that, we got to mention Deuce Vaughn, the Kansas State running back. This dude is amazing. Oh. He's a Darren Sproles clone. Man, I'm ready for this guy to be in the NFL. So we none of us have to worry about him anymore.
0: Listen, dude, I I can't believe we got through a preview without mentioning Deuce Vaughn. Um, he went for 120 against Oklahoma which I thought was containing him. I, I was happy yeah. with de- defending him. The guy can go on and on. I love the way he plays football. Um, You've you got to think with the way the NFL is constructed now, he can play in the league.
1: Look, he's the same size as Darren Sproles.
0: And Darren, Darren Sproles played for years and years, years and years. Yeah. And very effective. Very effective. Right. Perfect. I mean, dude, I, I just got the um, – uh, Bur- Rex Burkhead is still playing for the Houston Texans and he was their leading rusher last year. I mean, it is, listen, Darren Strolls is going to be in the NFL and I think he's going to do not Darren Sproles. Of course yeah, he is. Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn is going to be in the NFL next year and I think he's going to be really good. You just got to hope he's not really good on Saturday. I mean, if he, he's the kind of guy that can absolutely demoralize a defense You know what I mean? Like, because you are, you know, Texas, especially, just five stars and four stars all along the defensive line. They're ginormous players. They're talented. And here's this guy that's five foot six, barely, they can't even find him in the backfield. And when they do find him, he's seven yards behind him. I I don't know. That's what he did to Oklahoma. And it's just, it's frustrating as heck to watch the guy play if you're playing against him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think he had 25 for 116. Against OU, so four point six a carry. You have to be all right with that. No touchdowns either.
0: Yes, <laughs> you'll you'll take that. I said this in the recap it, back at back when we played K State. Is this st- statistically we um corralled him or uh, controlled him or what? You know what? Him. Yeah, contained him. That's the right word. Statistically, we contained him, but. But in the flow of the game, you felt like the guy was getting his his yardage, you know, and they were the kind of runs where he was getting three yards on on third and two. And so that's what's frustrating about him is he's a very effective, smart football player, takes full advantage of his athletic gifts and full advantage of his athletic deficits in terms of his height and, and can hide and sneak and get through holes um kansas state is a two and a half point favorite and i am picking k-state to win outright but i think it is going to be a close ball game i've got k-state winning 29-26 okay
1: all right i've got k-state
0: winning as well
1: i've got it uh 34-31
0: So what it sounds like to me is you are trying to do the John Whitson method of picking games in hopes that Texas is so either that you're reverse psychologizing your picks to encourage Texas to beat K-State on the road. Is that what's happening here?
1: Partly. Partly. But no, honestly, I think that I don't trust Texas to win on the road. I think I honestly think they're a better football team than K-State, despite K-State being ranked, what are they... Number thirteen in the college football playoff poll. I think Texas has a better football team, but I don't trust them on the
0: road. Well, here, here's what it comes down to. Here's the problem with Texas and K State is Texas has had a better football team than K State for ten years. If yeah, you just well, look at talent, I'm not
1: just talking about talent. I mean, I just think overall, like I, I think, you know, with everything, not just a better roster. I mean, with everything. But man, I, if this game was in Austin, like I said, it would be, for me, an easy pick.
0: Well, and yeah. I'll tell you, you know, the other thing that we didn't talk about, but coming off of the Oklahoma State game for Texas, what is going to be a key statistic to keep track of is penalties. Because K-State yeah. is typically I, – I don't have the statistics to back this up. I probably should have checked this, but it just kind of came to mind. But theres they're typically a very um, – Discipline team, they don't make a lot of mistakes. Klyman is a, is a pretty good coach. They are at home. Texas is on the road after the 14-0 to 0 penalties against Oklahoma State. Neither you nor Oklahoma feels good about Big 12 referees right now.
1: No, well, until
0: we get out of the conference. So uh, it's going to be fascinating to see both in the Oklahoma game too, although he's at home, that should mitigate some of that. But y'all on the road with the referees. It's going to be fascinating. If the game is as close as we both think it is, let's see how much, uh, when we do the recap, how much penalties had an impact in it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I sincerely hope I'm wrong. Kevin, I, this is the first week where I feel like both schools have matchups that are like both equally fascinating. Like tip, the, yeah. As we've done this podcast, it's like, well, this week we're talking about Oklahoma because they've got the big matchup and Texas is playing whoever, or Texas has the big matchup and OU is playing whoever. But both of these games mean a lot, right? They, they can position both teams for runs near the here, coming up near the end of the season, um, and they're both playing quality opponents, uh, opponents that historically we both schools have had trouble against. I don't know. I think this is a great week. For Oklahoma football and for Texas football. Let's see which one of us can emerge um, a little bit better than we were going into the weekend. And then, of course, l- let's, not, let's not bury the lead. Tennessee, Georgia is just going to be a fantastic game. I can't wait to watch that. And really, we talked about it. The whole slate of games is going to be great. This is going to be a great weekend a for football. And I can't wait to talk about it with you. I can't wait to talk about it with you on Sunday as we break it all down. Kevin, we'll talk to you.